So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This season, for everyone's sake, is brought to you by Carfection. I would like a pint... No, do you know what? I'd like a hard seltzer, but I'd like it to taste not of lime, but of Carfection. Oh, that sounds good. Actually, could I, have you got a pint? Uh, could I just have a pint of Carfection, please? Carfection on YouTube is the place to go for anyone who loves cars that are fast, expensive, luxurious, or just plain cool. Have you got any crisps, mate? Yeah, can I have some crisps that are all in the shape of cars could i have just have a pack of uh carfection scratchings please thanks very much and don't forget carfection features the best looking car content anywhere online where's the toilet uh, yeah carfection please that sounds good and some chips as well please fuck off phil phil if you were ordering food in the pub i've ordered food in the pub with you it would be oh can i have some carfection but i don't want any tires or an engine or a roof to the car or any windows just a chassis just yeah. a chassis please visit youtube.com forward slash carfection now Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is fairly sure these repeated intros were the inspiration for the Tuscan Grand Prix. Hello to everyone at the FIA that's clearly listening. Stealing our ideas with your multiple restarts. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, here's another intro. What's going to happen this time? Wasn't my fault. Oh, Terry's going too fast. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's not above using a t-shirt-based controversy to hawk its own merchandise. Tread carefully, yeah. No, that's right, ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that never lifts, even if everyone else is slowing down. Get out of the fucking way! Damn right. We are going straight to the top of the iTunes chart. Hello, I am G. Grez, and on this week's episode, we'll be discussing the Tuscan Grand Prix, where we were treated to a thrilling start. And again, and again, loads of stuff happened, and only half the cars finished, give or take, for dramatic effect. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who has downsized. It is Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. I've got a tiny car. Is it because it's getting cold? <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. You just If you look at it at the right angle, it doesn't look that small. I've got a little electric Honda e in for the week to test, which is just much smaller than my normal car. Yeah, just a week, because uh, I'm uh, for new listeners, I'm a motoring journalist and I sometimes get cars in to test and write about. So, yeah, I've got Honda's tiny little electric car, which is really fun. Describe it. It's smaller than a mini. Uh, we don't care about how it looks. Like in the inside, is it oh, all no. kind of? Is the dashboard all kind of swish? Has it got lots it, of lights? Yes. the The entire dashboard across the whole length of the car, a uh, whole width of the car, from wing mirror to wing mirror. Although more on that in a minute, is one big wide Ooh. screen. And it also doesn't have any wing mirrors. It instead has screens because it has cameras on the outside because they're Whoa. more more aerodynamic. So inside, you've got. One little screen for the right mirror, one little screen on the other side of the car for the left mirror, and in between, one massive wide screen. So the wing mirror screens are inside? Yes. Is that confusing? No, not really. They're just slightly closer than they would be if you were looking in the mirror. The passenger side's got a screen as well. And, I haven't tried this yet, it's got an HDMI port. So in theory, I could plug in a telly or like a PlayStation or my computer into it and do stuff on screen, which I might try and do tomorrow. I'm not an expert on electric cars, but I kind of feel like all of this that you're describing is taking up a lot of electricity that could be used driving. There is that. It does have a little thing on it when you zoom in along to say how much any extra systems you're using is impacting the range. For example, it's been quite warm last couple of days. I've had the AC on, and there's been a little thing saying, (sighs) if you weren't using the AC, you'd have three more miles out of this. So you could, for instance, be on the motorway trying to eke out the last of your charge to get to a recharging point. Yes. And the car goes, okay, we're going to turn off the wing mirrors for the next five minutes. (laughs) And how much is this car? This car is actually quite expensive. The one I've got is about £29,000, which for a very small car with quite a limited range is quite a lot of money. But, you know, early adopters. It's called a Honda E, though. Yeah. And alongside him is a man who has a new drink. It is Terry Saunders. 
I'm not saying I've had a boring week, but I went to the shops today to buy my podcast drink because we're recording from home again today. And this was in the beer fridge. It's called Hard Seltzer. Have you come across this? No. So, oh, Mike's. I've heard of Mike's. Yeah, it's basically an alka pop, isn't it? I don't know what it's selt. I don't even know what seltzer is, but this is hard seltzer. It's five percent. It's alcoholic sparkling water with a hint of natural lime. What bit's alcoholic? Probably the vodka they put in or something. I don't know. <laughs> so is, it, is this the say? next step of hipster hipsterdom? You add your water from the tap, and then you add your bottled water, and then you add your flavored bottled water, and now you've got alcoholic flavored bottled Ingredients. water. Purified water, five times distilled spirit. It's like methylated spirits or something. Yeah. <laughs> and some lemon. Right, I've opened it. <laughs> Going to taste it. Oh, this we're, is doing, like, we're doing live tasting. Is, well, I was thinking if there's another lockdown or the races get cancelled, we can go into consumer testing. Okay. Drinks podcast. Come on, let's have it. This is Mike's Hard Seltzer by Terry Saunders. It's got a very grown-up taste. Mm-hmm. It's like... What, what is a grown-up taste, just so that... Like, well, it's like 7-Up. The first bit of taste, you go, oh, this is just 7-Up. But then there's no sugary rush. It's not very sweet. Oh. It's not very nice. <laughs> How does it compare to, say, Rich Energy? Beer? I've n- oh, I wouldn't know what Rich Energy tastes like. No, you weren't you with me when we had Rich Energy. It's horrible. Oh, it's I, don't I don't want to talk about it. I put mine in a plant. Did you? I've still got a can in my fridge. I've still energy. got a can under my bed. Which I'm hoping one day will be worth something, so I can prop my bed up. Anyway, Chica, have you what? What? Hang on, I haven't finished. Oh, sorry. Oh, God, it's not a bad taste. <laughs> I finished. Chica, what have you been up to? Well, on Friday, I made the most of the final patch when you could mix with more than six friends, and I mixed with maybe eleven other friends. For my friend's 31st birthday, she's my first friend to turn 31, and we had a lovely time. Yeah, we we turned 31 a while ago. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I didn't see you turn 31. Despite being 31, she still got drunk and was sick. Well, you've got to enjoy that when you're you're still young. Mm -hmm. Of course, I feel when we were 31 and we're being sick... The sick didn't potentially have coronavirus spreading out into everyone's faces. No, that's true. Yeah. Although I did try and avoid being sick in my friends' faces if I could avoid it. You were one of those, were you? Yeah, I was a prude. (laughs) (laughs) This was F1's first visit to Mugello, and no one was quite sure how it would all go. But one man who thinks F1 is onto something is Paul Hinton. He says, I like these random tracks with no facilities to recover crashed cars. State-of-the-art facilities to ruin all the fun. I think at the end of each race, the winner should pick the name of a city to stage the next race. Anywhere that has any form of track. Could be Rotterdam or anywhere. Liverpool or Rome. Discuss. Hang on a minute. Is he? That's our job, to take the piss out of his name. Is he taking the piss out of his own name? It's Paul Hinton. Regular donor Paul Hinton, who every time he donates... You make the beautiful South joke. And he's so now he's beating it. me to and it. you forgot. I wasn't paying attention. I was on WhatsApp. I didn't hear what you said. Um, <laughs> he's making right. a beautiful South joke. You're they did a song. Could be Rotterdam or anywhere. Liverpool <laughs> or Rome. Brilliant. There's definitely a good point that this race felt old school. And we always think old school meant cars conking out because of reliability. But actually, just having a tight track where recovering a car is hard, that means you've got a safety car or stop the race or whatever did give it a kind of old school feel of just like anything could happen at any point it was i have to say i was not full of um i wasn't particularly looking forward to this race i thought it would be fun on saturday to see the cars going around the track because it looks like a fun track to drive but i didn't think the race would be much good and in fairness there was hardly any overtaking apart from on the main straight but all the other stuff made that actually quite interesting as you say the fact that if you get it wrong you probably have a massive accident and whether that's a good thing in the modern safety obsessed environment i'm not entirely sure but it we'll is leave, we'll leave that for somebody else to think stroll's crash was exciting it was as he, the big uh, fucking pileup at the restart was exciting yeah but even 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 the first corner crash which wasn't even that much because in the old days you'd see all the cars come around and you'd expect there to be some smoke at the back and now that just doesn't happen they always get through the first corner this was a corner that they didn't get through i approve the topsy-turvy nature of the race meant 
that this season's Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon, scored his very first podium as he came in third in the Red Bull that no one but Max Verstappen can drive. But that meant Daniel Ricciardo missed out again, and that means no tattoo for Cyril Abitable. But Will Bowen wants to know... Who gives a shit? He says, why are the F1 commentators so obsessed with the Danny Rick tattoo bet? Googling tattoo parlours and mentioning it at length every time there was a yellow car on the screen. Enough already. If they have managed to turn a quirky little bet into a fucking nightmare, it's not as if it was a boring race with nothing else to talk about. It, they do seem to have run away with it a bit, doesn't they? Do, don't, don't they? I mean, in fairness, we're guilty of this as well. No, but the thing I is, the Sky, the Sky F1 commentary team, they're just a bit like, you know, kind of like lads at a pub. You know, if you go to the pub and you're only drinking with your friends and there are some like lads next to you doing some bants and really? they're just like, oh, you're not funny. You wanna, <laughs> do you, but, do you, you know. worry that people might think about that about us back in the day no, no. when we were at the pub, though? No, no, because we're funny. Anyway, Rick, that was Ricardo's best chance of getting a podium and uh, he didn't get it and so the tattoo is not happening so hopefully that will die a death good one of the 1000 restarts at the Mugello race saw a large pile up as the world's finest drivers forgot how to drive down a completely straight bit of track now Nicole Dykeman said I think the drivers are suffering from so many races in such a short time frame that they are making errors and crashing which is keeping things interesting for viewers but how long until someone gets seriously injured and Nick Peppel thinks something's fishy, though. He says, Grosjean, make a deal with the devil for this race, managing to escape the gravel trap and demolition derby on the front stretch, only to finish out of the points anyway. How can you be that lucky and squander it? Let's talk about that crash. Well, well before that, let's just say, I think that would be the most Grosjean thing, <laughs> to make a deal with the devil. And the devil goes, OK, you've sold your soul to me. What do you want in return? Uh, 12th. <laughs> I'll sell for 12th. <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah. 40 sales of my cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Can you just stop the returns? <laughs> stop people sending it back. Um, so let's, should we talk about the track? Restart. The second restart. Well, the first restart, the second start. Where? So No, hang on. How many restarts? Oh, God, I can't even remember. So this was the rolling so, restart. Two restarts. There was two... Yeah, there was two... No, there were... There was two restarts and one start. But one of the restarts was a rolling start and one of yeah. them was... Or were there two standing starts? No, there was. No, there were two there standing two, starts, weren't there? Two standing starts. Yeah, but one was but a start was, and one was, was a restart. Safety car. This was the safety car start. There was a start, a restart and oh, another restart. God, so the first confusing. restart was safety car. The second restart was a standing start because of, that, of the safety car at the red Yes. Line. So this was the safety car start where everyone yes. piled into each other at the back. What did you think? Well, what did you think of that whole thing? Whose fault was it? Okay, this is going to be controversial because he wasn't technically breaking the rules, but I think it was Bottas's fault. Interesting, because he was holding the pack up like more than they normally do on a restart, and he was weaving about and like he kept nearly hitting Hamilton, and he was going mm. super, super slow. So it's not his fault in terms of he did anything wrong because he's perfectly entitled to do what he likes and slow the track the cars down but he left it so late that I think all the others must have just been going well he must have gone by now because no one else would wait this long fucking hell Valtteri I think the safety car line was too far forward or back I can't work out which interesting okay I, I was initially going to violently disagree with you but then on hearing your explanation you, so you're saying he's not necessarily his fault but he was the cause yes okay i would probably sort of agree with that but equally i would say he's absolutely entitled to do that if he wants because because he can and he can you know he he has the opportunity to to do anything he can to try and steal a jump on the people behind him and get away and that's his prerogative as leader it was later than usual my thoughts are that the drivers behind that all piled into each other did so because they guessed when everyone was going to go. They tried to preempt it in order to get a march on them, rather than yeah. actually reacting to what happened, which makes it their fault. You shouldn't guess what's going to happen. It just kind of sums up Bias's year, though, doesn't it? It's like he's trying to be clever, and he causes three million pounds worth of damage. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's a lot more than that, probably. Yeah, but I don't know. It was quite exciting. I mean, it was scary. It was one of the, you know, when you see some of the the in-car footage from the people behind, it Mm. was pretty fucking scary because it was basically Mm. like coming up to a stopped car. And then piling into it. But I do wonder if actually it was more the track layout. It just wasn't very good for it because it just felt like... I think it could have happened on on any track, to be honest. I mean, from mm. what I haven't I haven't gone back and seen it in detail, but I I heard that the lights on the top of the safety car went out quite late, so Bottas didn't have a huge amount of time to prepare his strategy for starting again, and that's why he did it so late. But I mean, it shouldn't really matter, and if that's the case, then that could happen on pretty much any track. I don't really Phil, know the way around it. As a driver, have you ever seen an accident in your rearview mirror that you may have caused? Not that I may have caused. I've seen. Is this an insurance advert? <laughs> have you not been involved in an accident that was your fault? <laughs> I, was wondering, I was just wondering if there's that feeling where you go, "Oh, that might have been me," and you kind of um, keep going because you're not sure. No, I've never done. I've never caused an accident. I mean, I've done something where I've gone, "Oh, shouldn't have done that," and then usually just waved a hand and gone, "Sorry." But no. How about you, Chica? Um, I once pulled it in front of a pulled out in front of a lorry because I was chatting to my friends, excited on the way to Glastonbury. I mean, maybe that's fine. what was going. They maybe that's what happened here. Maybe that's what happened here. Everyone would have been talking to their engineers. Yeah. And if the, the safety car, Glastonbury. Yeah, if the safety car came in late and everyone was like, okay, I've got to go. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, yeah, but the race is done. I've got to go. I've got to go. I, hang on. I, oh, really? Okay. Oh, oh my God. Crash. We'll what drinks have you packed? You say drinks. I think we all know what you were talking about. Hard seltzer. Another man that managed to avoid carnage, but also any points, was George Russell. Russell Trigg asks, is George Russell the Tim Henman of F1, incapable of winning anything, not even a point? And Ross Chaplin says, George Russell and not scoring points. Name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. Tim Henman is Simon, a very Simon and Garfunkel. Way. Tim Henman's a very good way of putting it, actually, I think. George Has George Russell. Russell had a hill named after him? Well, he's got a square. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I don't know. Tim Henman got to the semi-final, didn't he? So that would be like four points in Formula One. Did, so, never, did he never win Wimbledon? No. No. I mean, I don't really follow it. You'd know. Well, you're not going to be appearing on our tennis podcast we're about to start. What's it called? Fucking tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Can we actually start that? <laughs> Just none of us know anything about tennis. Brilliant. I mean, we barely know anything about F1, so... True. Um... Yeah, let's say, let's say. He's, George Russell seems like a nice guy, and you know he's he's got. You don't points get points of being nice, do you? He's got the points of our hearts, though, hasn't he? He's got the points of the British public. <laughs> um, Not really. He's starting to piss me off. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, everybody pisses you off because you're notoriously fickle. What's he done now to piss you off? <laughs> Just getting a bit moody. <laughs> he's not moody. Like he's adorable. He's a bit moody on the radio. Like in, there was something where he was moaning at the team. And I'm just like, come on, you're driving for Williams. That's like moaning at a dead dog. It is, it, is inter- it is interesting to, to hear him on the radio because he does have a bit of a different personality when he's sort of doing all the bants with Alban and Norris in the, you know, the Sky promotional things or whatever he's messing about with. And then on the radio, he, he doesn't take any shit at all. He reminds me of like some dickheads I used to work with. Do you think it's because you can't see his face? Because he's got such a sweet face. Well, you know, he's got like a baby face. So if, you, if he was getting angry at you to your face, you'd just go, oh. <laughs> but when he's on the radio and you can't see him, he's just like quite fierce. So, of course, the race at Mugello was in large part a celebration of Ferrari's 1000th F1 race. Darren Shepsman says it was the perfect event. He says this was definitely an, a Ferrari tribute race. Bad pit stops, Stroll trying to recreate a Shumi crash at Silverstone, bad strategy calls, everything Ferrari have perfected over the years. Yeah, pretty much. Although- Didn't we work out from someone on Twitter months ago that the average finishing place of Ferrari, if you look at all the races, was eighth? And where did Leclerc finish? <gasps> Eighth. But he did finish. Well, but he did finish. Like we said back then, Ferrari have had some highs, but their average isn't great. And this was a perfect race to sum up the entirety of Ferrari. Well, the fact that they're actually, when you dig down into it, decidedly they're, mediocre. Yeah. They have the Schumacher years and your Fangio, whatever, and a bit of stuff in the 70s. But apart from that, pretty much dog shit. So another news 
four-time world champion and multiple Ferrari disappointment, Sebastian Vettel will have a new home next year, and that is at Aston Martin. Vettel, who was unceremoniously dumped by Scuderia for being a bit shit now, will have another chance to prove he didn't fluke his success at Red Bull by partnering Lance Stroll at his daddy's team, currently racing point. All that means that Sergio Perez, who is by far the better driver and saved the team from bankruptcy not that long ago, is out in his ear, despite the fact that he had a contract to continue his race. Oh, F1, how we love you. I think this is great. I think Perez should be out in his ear. Wow. There should be no room for sentimentality just because he saved the team. He just saved, the, he team saved the team. Just because he's a he better saved driver. the team before Stroll brought the team, so he saved it before it was his team. So that's like, wait, well, he saved you know, the team before, so that Stroll had something to buy. If you bought something on eBay, like a telly, <laughs> like Stroll and bought, bought yeah, <laughs> and you were watching the telly, and some guy comes around and he's just like, oh, um, can we watch telly? You were like, who are you? And he went, oh, this is my telly. This is my telly before I saved it. And you'd be like, well, fuck off, mate. That's my telly now. Well, that's one way of looking at it. All right, but if... I think that's the best but way. If, if when he watched my telly, the telly was considerably better, maybe I'd consider it. Who's ahead of who in the championship, Phil? Well, he's had coronavirus and missed two races. Whose fault was that? Just because his mum was in an accident? Oh, it was probably his mum's. I don't know. Or it might have been or the entire country of Mexico. did Lawrence Stroll... Cause the accident. <laughs> wow. Wow. I was going to say, I thought you were sh- going to say, did he lick his mum or something, but you went to it a It would be place. a shame if something was to happen to your mum, Sergio, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> Just saying. Wow. Wow. No, I mean, you know, now you've said it, it's out there. It's a distinct yep. possibility. We don't know how evil Lawrence Stroll is or may not be, according to our lawyers. I think it's a shame uh, that he's gone, and I'm intrigued to know where he's going to go. Uh, Perez because he's Don't. good enough. He's good enough that he should have a reasonable seat. I mean, he's never going to win a championship, but well, he's either going to go to Alpha or he's going to go to Haas or he's going to go to IndyCar or he's going to fucking retire. Don't care. No, he won't retire. He'll be racing Le Mans if nothing else, surely. Or Ford okay. Fell to Aston Martin then. I said it from the start of the year, so I'm feeling pretty happy. Yeah, fair play. You did. I thought he was going to retire. I should have put some money on it. I could have paid off my dog's trust debt. <laughs> um, <laughs> so How do you reckon he'll do. Well, I think he'll do better. I think Ferrari have treated him like shit. He just needs to be a little bit kind of mollycoddled and wrapped in cotton. And Ferrari have just kind of got him there and went, that's your toilet. <laughs> that bucket in the corner and win a fucking championship. And he's like, but what about um, like strategy? Shit in the bucket, win the championship. <laughs> do, you, do you think they're, they're surprised? Do you think anyone's surprised? No, we all saw this coming from a mile off. Yeah. Particularly Terry. Uh, Terry saw it from several miles off. But I think the rest of us had seen it come in for for at least a month. While Ferrari has been disappointing of late, I think we can all agree that Salva's move to become Alfa Romeo has been a crowning success. And it's one that is set to continue. As team principal Frederick Vasseur says, a deal has is almost done to keep the Alpha name for a while longer yet and probably work more closely with Ferrari, which supplies the team engines and shares a parent company with Alpha. Officially, the team is still owned by Sauber and merely branded as Alpha rather than being a proper factory team. Yay. Maybe. Does it matter? I don't. I mean, great. Oh, that that shit team at the back has got a name of a car. But is it, the thing is that they are the most anonymous team by a mile, like that, because they're not as shit as Williams. So nobody pays them quite as much attention as they do to Williams. Forgettable livery, forgettable drivers. Even Raikkonen. It's not even funny anymore. It's just a bit sad, isn't it? But I don't really know what they can do to make it more exciting. Because Alpha actually has a really good history which they don't make nearly enough about and they make some unreliable but good to drive road cars which they don't make enough about apart from that weird advert that's on at every break during sky don't have time take take thy time <laughs> <laughs> oh that Kimi Raikkonen is bang on I mean Ferrari can't sort Ferrari out so I don't know how they're going to sort Alfa out 
So, racism news. And Lewis Hamilton wore a T-shirt on the podium at Mugello that read, Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. A reference to the police killing in the US where an unarmed black woman was shot dead in her bed. Is that political? Maybe, says the FIA, which was looking into whether or not Hamilton broke any rules. Those rules, by the way, state the FIA shall refrain from manifesting discrimination on account of race, skin colour, gender, sexual orientation, ethnic or social origin, language, religion, philosophical or political opinion, family situation or disability in the course of its activities and from taking any action in this respect. I mean, this is just sad, isn't it? I mean, after all the fiasco of the whole or we're against racism thing, which was frankly incredibly badly managed for the first half of this season and still not brilliant now now they're like oh maybe we shouldn't be letting him say that oh the police shouldn't kill unarmed people in their beds like it's some sort of political thing bloody ridiculous i mean it's bloody great for if you go on like twitter whatever the bbc do a story about it and there's just a bunch of white men in the comments going uh i'm not racist but um, i just don't like it you shouldn't you shouldn't talk politics uh, no, I watch the sport for um, for white men to win things, and I don't like it. Yeah. I don't watch F one. I mean, not watching F one for politics is like not watching Parliament for politics or something. Mm. I mean, politics is the most interesting thing about F one, but this isn't politics. This is just like maybe some of this shit shouldn't happen. Maybe don't kill unarmed people in their bed. You notice that Mercedes have said that they haven't had a problem with it at all. Some of the, some people after the race were like, whoa, Total Wolf's not going to be very happy about this. And he came out straight out and said, yeah, that's fine with me. I think that's mm. going to be the only way that Bottas is going to beat Hamilton this year is <laughs> he's got to go full-on racist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be out of left this field, in can. fairness. That would, <laughs> that would, it would ruffle some feathers. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, buy us a beer. We don't function well without it. So unless you want the podcast to become sloppy and unprofessional, you better keep us well lubricated. So if you do buy us a pint, then you will be joining the ranks of these fine people. Christopher Lee. I mean, we've run out of jokes about Hammer Horror. Thanks for the beer. Yeah, thank you very much, Christopher. Cole Schneider. Oh, he sounds like someone who'd be on the Titanic. <laughs> sounds like a NAS- he's a NASCAR driver. As far as Why would he be on the Titanic? Just unlucky. <laughs> Just one of those unlucky people. <laughs> thank you, Cole. Bad luck. Billy Armstrong. Lead singer of Green Day. Brilliant. Do you know what? I've always thought he liked Formula One. You yeah. just tell with his eyeliner and his <laughs> ties. Yeah, brilliant. Thank have you, you seen a green? Have you seen a Green Day video lately? Because they do a lot of lighting to make them look as though they're not old. Wow. No, they are getting on a bit now. I mean, Billy, thank you very much for uh, taking some of your probably millions of dollars and uh, sending it our way. Much appreciated. And really liked uh, uh, Dookie. It's one of my favourite albums in the nineties. Paul Hewings. Thank you, Paul, regular donor. At school, were you called Paul Spewings? <laughs> That's all I got. Nothing. <laughs> Davian Dent. Thank you, Davian. Well, we've met Davian because he came to our recording when we did a live recording. Did he buy us a beer then? Bought us many beers. I got oh, there you go. Brilliant. Thank you for continuing the. Well, there you go, everyone. Be more like Davian. Alfred Steinecker. That's a good name. That's a very good name. It sounds like a beer and a butler and maybe a footballer. I it feels like it could name. be... Yeah, I like it. Steinecker. Thank you, Alfred. Aaron Dulles. I'd say he sounds like a kind of lampshade in Habitat. Wow. Okay. The, the Aaron or Aaron Dulles. Kevin Rhodes. All roads lead to Kevin. Yeah, I think we've done that before, haven't we? Well, we're oh, doing it again. Fucking, this is the problem with this bit, is that I always go for the first thing my brain does, and my brain will Do tread the down the off repeat. We should probably write down who gives us money so we always remember. Felipe Diaz. We had him last Felipe week. Before. Yeah, he sounds like a yeah. former Samba driver, but thank you very much. Fun fact, did you know that Diaz is Fernando Alonso's actual last name? Not Alonso. What?! Yeah, I there you go. Beg Fun your fact, pardon. but it's Diaz with a Z, so it's not quite the same why, thing. Diaz. Why is he Alonso? Well, it's a it's a Spanish naming convention where they 
I believe they have two. Everyone has two surnames, and the first one is the one that people normally use, which is their dad's surname, and then they have their mum's surname at the end. So Carlos Sainz Jr. is actually called Carlos Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe his mum, Edwina Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas William Armstrong Horrocks, who says, "New fan, loving the unique approach." Feel free to take the piss out of the name. You don't need to tell us, Thomas. Horrocks. Great name. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. Don't really tell nice. me what to fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> Your mm. name is beautiful. Great. We really like Live it. it. Yeah. I mean, do you really need four names? <laughs> yeah, I've got a middle name, have you, Terry? I have got a middle name. Have you? What is it? Nigel Mansell. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got four My names? My middle name. My mid- no, Nigel Mansell all one word. Oh, right. No, my middle name is John, the most boring of all middle names. Oh, do you know what my middle name is? Phil. It's also John. <laughs> We've had this discussion before. Uh, let's do yeah, it again. Like we we are really What's your middle name, Chica? John. There <laughs> <laughs> <No>, is Jane. <laughs> hey, much, much more exciting. Long-term listeners would be like, yeah, we all know. How do they not remember? <laughs> I've listened to this conversation on the podcast every week. <laughs> okay, we're still on donations here. Right, Michael Richmond, who says, £3.60 a pint. You three should come up north and save a fortune or at least get a case of cheap beer from Aldi. Keep up the good work. So I think that's because on the website... We've worked out the average pint. There's some kind of statistics. The average pint in the UK is three pounds sixty. Oh, that's insane! Not Maybe we've been down Michael, have we been south, down south too long? That he but thinks Michael that's... Richmond, yeah, he's saying three pounds sixty is expensive. I'll have you know, Michael, that in in this very fair London, you can get north of six pound for a pint these oh, days. Oh, easily. I mean, that's yeah, not in easy. London. I'm I'm not in London. I'm in Sussex, and I, I had a, a half the other day that I swear was at least three pounds sixty. You can't get tap water for three sixty. No. True. It's very true. Well, maybe we should go up north. Jason Weber, who sent us a very uh, long email that we don't have time to read out. But Jason, thanks for the beer money. Please leave us a five-star review anyway. And yes, Terry is a bag of dicks. Yeah, fine. Glenn Glenn (laughs) Kelly, who has an unusual request, which is to congratulate his girlfriend, who doesn't listen to the podcast, on getting her degree. Glenn, we'd be happy to, but you don't give us her name. So if you want us to do that, you have to buy us more beer and actually include that fairly vital piece of information. Or we play double or quits. (laughs) What does that mean? I guess three women's names. (laughs) And if one of those happens to be his girlfriend, then he has to give us £20. Or £50 donation to the Dogs Trust, which (laughs) comes off my debt. Yes, that sounds good. Okay, so Glenn... Glenn, congratulations to your girlfriend, Annabelle, on her degree. She's really deserved it. Glenn, congratulations to Amy for her degree. She really deserves it. And Glenn, congratulations to Alice on her degree. She really deserved it. Yeah, yeah. She got three A's in her degree. That's a very high score. That's good. Good. Now, we appreciate these are difficult times at the moment, so if you don't know the means to buy us a beer, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? That doesn't actually cost anything, and neither does making it five stars. Thanks very much. Love you. Mwah. And now it's time for the teams. Mercedes Bottas overtook Hamilton on the start. Shame his race had two more starts that he screwed up. Bottas looked utterly beaten by the end of it. What can we do to help? Nothing. Do you remember a few years ago we had the campaign to get a hug for Jolyon Palmer because he was having a bad year? Do not mm-hmm. remember that, no. I do. Yeah, that was a big part of our year. Was it? Yeah. Sounds rather nice for us. I seem to remember it used to be quite harsh towards Germany. I think it was quite, well, it it... quite patronising. Oh, <laughs> yeah, quite okay. patronising. Because we're doing the same thing now. We want a campaign just to have us have a hug. It would just be great if, like, you know, when Martin Brunner does the interview at the end, if he just went, do you want a hug, mate? And he'd be like, yeah, I would actually. He went, sorry, can't, COVID. Yeah, you just better be better at driving. Yeah. Uh... It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, Bottas actually had a really good weekend up until the point where it actually mattered. 
Like he was fastest in all the practice sessions, and then even in qualifying, he was only what a hundredth or a couple of hundredths of a second slower than Hamilton. He got past him at the start, but then when he actually had to stay ahead, not only did he not get ahead of him at the final restart, he lost a place or two, didn't he? So yeah, screwed it up at the vital moment again, which is why he's not going to be world champion, and he'll always be number two at Mercedes. But you've got to feel like, from his point of view, you've got to feel just like this year. I mean, we all hate 2020, but he must just be like, <laughs> fuck this. He's, I, th- I think it's in his best interest. I think it's in everybody's best interest for him to give up. Like, just admit the fact that you're a number two. There's no shame in it. Every team's yeah. got to have a number two. You're a number two at the best team. You're still a very good racing driver. You're just not as good as Hamilton. Stop trying to be, because you'll only be disappointed. Focus on trying to, forget about Hamilton. Focus on trying to beat everybody else. And how is your uh, life coaching going? <laughs> it's going pretty well. You know, freelancer's got a freelance. Uh, about what Hamilton? About Hamilton? What uh, he's very good. He's very good. He's good, isn't he? Yeah. yeah he's all right. <laughs> uh, well, he's got your respect, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> it took him a while to sort of get going. As I say, like Bottas had the measure of him all through Friday and Saturday, but then, you know, he pulled it out of the bag when he needed to, eventually. It was looking a little bit dubious at one point, but... Even then, I'll be honest, I'd have probably backed him to somehow find a way past Bottas, because, well, he's Bottas. So, Red Bull! Now, Alex Albon has only gone and done it. He is the first Red Bull driver in two years that isn't Max Verstappen to have gone and got a podium. Aside from Gasly winning last week, Max got a start that made even Bottas look good. And then he got really angry. Did you see that? He was very angry. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, he was furious. But it said but it, it wasn't his fault that he got a bad start, was it? The car. I mean, he actually, well, he actually got a really good start for about forty meters. Mm. Yeah, and then suddenly the car stopped working. Mm. Yeah, what Albon said all weekend, they had shit starts, and when they had the red flag at the end, Albon was shitting himself because he was just like, "This is it, yeah. no chance." It was a weird start. one, wasn't it? I think, was it a software issue with the with the Honda engine or something along those lines? It basically looked like he got a monster start, went past Bottas, and then just had no power at all and went backwards by about ten places, and then got caught up in the accident at the second which, corner. Which is weird because I know that F one engines, power units, whatever, are really complicated, but you would think. Getting going would be a pretty key part of it. <laughs> you want engines yeah. to start, keep going, and stop. <laughs> yeah. Those are the three things. Basically, everything else is just faff. No, I mean, maybe maybe they had a new guy who hadn't read Terry Saunders' introduction PowerPoint. to engineering. <laughs> 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 Red Bull, in theory, should have been really good at this track. Uh, and I suppose, you know, in the end, they were good enough that even Albert managed to get a podium, but that's only because eight other drivers crashed out. That's instrumental in their performance generally again, isn't it? You know, they've got one of the best designers ever. And they just can't quite get it together when they need to. Which is why Mercedes just keeps romping home with everyone. It's another of them, you know, them fucking up as well as Mercedes doing well. On a wider point, though, I think Newey's lost it. You reckon? Yeah. We all say he's still great, but I think his time's gone. I mean, Drawing you know, with a bit of pen and paper, no. Yeah, we'll always have... The Leighton House. Um, yeah, no, he's a great designer, but I think he's a super. He's like one of those aging rock bands that you kind of go, "Why are they still touring?" Like who? Any band that you like, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Maiden. Wrong. Never been better. Actually, no, even I know that's not true. So they are still Manic Street Preachers. No, they're not as good as they used to be. Marillion. Wow, <laughs> I'm not a big Marillion fan, but <laughs> that's an interesting that that's where you went. <laughs> of all the bands that was your third choice of big band <laughs> okay uh, yeah Red Bull are the Marillion of Formula 1 teams at the moment yep Renault Cyril Abitable almost got a tattoo but like a laser removal service Albon pipped Ricardo to the podium Ocon was on fire but not in a good way no in the bad so- Actually, being on fireway. What happened? Car caught well, fire. George Russell was behind him, moaning on the radio about, "Oh, Ocon's on fire in front of me. You should stop. <laughs> I can smell it. Oh, I can smell it in my cockpit. It's like fucking oh. hell, George. 
It's more like he'd farted or something. Yeah, uh, stick to your own sir, shit. Sir, sir. I don't know. I mean, it means the tattoo thing's going to go on for another fucking week. No, or two, it won't. It? He's, they, they're not. He's not. When else is he going to have a chance? There's no more really high speed circuits. Those, those were the ones. What totally about a Grand Prix around the M25? That'd be great. I mean, quite long laps. How long is the M25? I'd hazard a guess that at Formula One speeds, you're looking at forty-five minutes <laughs> a lap. Didn't it? Wasn't it years ago in one of those a computer game? Was it Toka Race Car? You could actually do laps of the M25 as one of the tracks. What about Ricardo? I mean, he was good, but the car's not quite good enough. Yeah. There wasn't much I mean, he, could he do reminded about us. He reminded us that he's as good as he is. But he also reminded us that the Renault is not that good. Yeah, no, yeah. and genu- genuinely, he has this year actually, because I always rated o- Ocon fairly highly, and Ricardo's wiped the floor with him so far. Yeah, he's been a bit anonymous, isn't he, Ocon? No, completely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he might have had a bit of like, a bad luck in terms of his car catching fire and stuff, but no, Ricardo's <laughs> had the measure of him pretty much. You make your own continuously. luck. Do <laughs> <To> you? <laughs> Tell that to Lance Stroll. Oof. Racing point. Speaking of which, yet again, Lance Stroll got a free tyre change under a red flag, but those tyres went pop in a big way. Perez came home fifth, but he looks a bit miserable, really, doesn't he? Well, understandably, as we've discussed, he must be really fucked off. Mm. Do you also think that Perez is now thinking, and I missed two races because of the coronavirus, and those cunts could have all fucking got it in that team. I'd, I'd have happily just given it to all of them. Yeah, they've just kind of shat me out, and I took two weeks off to save their fucking grandparents' lives. Fuck well, them. I did see on, I think it was maybe Instagram, one of the mecha- one of the mechanics basically left a mess left him a message in an Instagram comment saying, "Mate, I'm really gutted for you. This is rubbish." And he replied, "Going, oh, it's not ideal, is it?" So I think I think it's it's an upper management thing rather than the uh, the team themselves. I think the team themselves. Yeah, are but like, then oh, that- what? He's really good. <laughs> The mechanic's next post was like, Aston Martin forever. Who? <laughs> 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 uh, Stroll's crash was a pretty scary one. Because mm, in fairness, scary. F- f- for all we take the piss out of Stroll, and we will continue to do so, he was reasonably good this weekend. Yeah. Stroll is a reasonably good driver. Yeah. We've always said good, it. Not he as good is, as Perez. I don't know. No, he's not. The thing is, Perez has always been a bit of a one-trick pony of making the tyres last and getting good results in the most boring way like you're yeah, never going to get a fucking on it's track the, it's what the sponsor's like I know but it's never going to be a oh my god he just sent it it's not there's no t-shirt saying oh I'm going to send it oh I'm just going to save my tyres oh <laughs> and you know that's just his way and that's his thing and his time has come great see you later don't let the door hit you on the way out do you want do you want Perez to stay or are you not no I want him to go to IndyCar or something and we'll just watch he'll win the Indy 500 next year I want every driver to leave F1 and win the Indy 500 (laughs) apart from Alonso so I want like Sato's won it twice I want Kvyat to go and just be like oh I was was just on holiday but oh I want it oh whoops (laughs) I just want everyone to win it apart from Alonso who's going to try it every year and never win I was in a mall in Wisconsin and I won an entry to the Indy 500 (laughs) but yeah Stroll's Stroll's big exploding tyre was quite the thing Mm. Um, that was quite a high-speed track, uh, crash, as we've already talked about. Well, there was that point in the race because they told Lewis and Bottas to stay off the curbs, didn't they? Mm. Which is weird because this yeah. race is basically just go around the curbs. The whole track is just... Yeah, there was a chicane where you had more curb than track. And Hamilton said, well, how am I supposed to go fast if I can't go on the curb? And they went, just yeah. stay off it! Stay yeah, off they it, got ripped. continue driving fast. Track limits was a weird one this week because didn't the FIA just kind of go, we're not going to bother with track limits, do what you like? Well, I mean, it seemed a little bit lax this week, which is actually quite fun because it seems like track limits is when you bin it into the barrier at 170 miles an hour. Yeah, but then he got like. <laughs> do you reckon he got his laptop deleted for track limits after he crashed into the wall? Well, Grosjean going off so far, he's gone through like the Tesco's car park and picked <laughs> up some shopping on the way around. <laughs> yeah, but you know, his time would still be terrible even with that, so. McLaren! Signs hurt his hand in a crash. Norris avoided the carnage and came home in sixth, which is a bit meh, really, as a, as a team. They're probably relatively happy with sixth, I would have thought, because they were Yeah, but not many people finished. Quick, were they? No, that's true, yeah. but he did, he did finish. Um, true. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking where they qualified. So Signs qualified ninth. So yeah, they really didn't have much pace this weekend. Um, Nor- Norris didn't even make it to Q3 so 
to go from Renault 11 to and 6. McLaren, yeah, Renault and McLaren do just seem to pick straws each week of which one's going to be good. Um, um, although, in fairness, they fluked their victory last week, but still. Um, how dare you? No, they're all a bit up and down in the midfield at the moment. There's no consistency, mm. really, is there? Have they all got a podium now, apart from Renault, of the midfield teams? You see, this gets boring, doesn't it? No, I, I mean, think it's it, exciting. Is it more exciting than when it's like, oh, which one is going to get the podium this week? I mean, I mean, yeah, that's how Formula One should be. Because otherwise, be I mean, it's th- probably going to be Verstappen, but which one is going to get fifth this week? Ferrari! Painted in historic hues of Vimto, Leclerc at one point looked like he was going to sneak another podium, but he ended up in a lowly eighth. Vettel scraped a point. Ferrari! I mean, it was woeful. (laughs) Let's talk about the paint. I mean, that's the best thing, isn't it? I really liked it. I didn't really give a shit. Ferrari! (laughs) It was... (laughs) It was such a funny colour. It was almost like a bore at a dinner party that would go, oh, actually, did you know that the first Ferraris were more of a kind of shade of burgundy? And you're like, I don't care. Like, Just because you know a fact doesn't mean you're better than me, Dad. So, I, mean, I quite like the idea, but I wish they'd gone a bit further with it. I, you know, I wanted to see like wire wheels and a helmet design on Vettel that looked like he had a cloth helmet and a pair of goggles on or something like that. They should have just brought out the 1950 car. It's probably quicker. Probably would have been better, actually, yeah. And yeah, they're both finished, which is a lot. Yeah. It's just more than a lot of teams. And they've both got points. Yeah. And still. I think... Are they, still, the are they still race. in the bottom... Uh, are Ferrari still in the bottom half of the, the team's championship? I don't know where they are now. Yeah, they're still sixth. Great. Good. And then quite a long way behind Renault. Alpha well, Tauri. It was hard to beat last week, so Gasly opted for the sensible route and went out on the first lap. Best yeah. thing to do. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Olivier Parnis, when he won the 1996 Monaco Grand Prix, went out on the first lap in the next race. Yeah. Oh, oh. really? So there's a bit of French consistency. Look at that. Are you dropping your facts in? I heard it on the coverage. I'm pretty sure it's a Jack Nichols fact. I was listening on the radio. You can't, race. you can't steal facts from the coverage because people listening to this probably listen to that as well. I mean, do they think we come up with the stuff ourselves? We don't even no one our, listens to jo- the radio. All of our jokes are taken from obscure Canadian comedians. I only listened to the radio coverage because I was on a train. Kvyat, what did you think of him? <sighs> Maybe he he finished seventh, didn't he? Uh, the only time I saw him was when he was out of the car uh, during one of the red flags and he looked a bit knackered. He did better than Gasly. I mean, Gasly was pretty woeful this weekend, wasn't he? He was out in, he was out in Q1. I mean, he was absolutely shit slow from the off. Did he cause the first crash? Yeah, probably. Yeah, was, but I guess what can you do? You can't match winning at Monza, so why well, bother trying? Well, try. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon that was, uh, that was Franz Tost's speech before the race? Well, I think Set them all down. as a racer, Gasly was probably going into the weekend going, I can capitalise on this and win another one. Obviously, you know it was a fluke, so and it's he probably knew best. As well? well, he probably didn't because you know egos and everything. He probably thought that he transcended the car or something. So they probably would have done best just to like just take out the oil pipe or something on Friday and be like, "Oh, mate, back to normal." Alfa Romeo. Giovinazzi was right in the middle of the restart. Argy Bargy and Raikkonen had lightning quick reactions to avoid it, but still got clouted. Right? Yeah, it's still it's still kind of hard to know. I mean, which driver caused it? I know we spoke at the start about the Bottas thing, but it's like a few of them kind of went like Latifi kind of went a bit quick, and I think Giovinazzi was the one. I think Giovinazzi went and he stopped the quickest, so I think everyone started to pile into him. This is the so the I'm safety f- car restart, not the first. Yes, lap. yes, right. Yeah, sorry, the safety car one. Maybe Russell because he left a big old gap and then charged and then stopped a bit, but also true. Apart from when Giovinazzi nearly flipped, did I mean Raikkonen got a couple of points, but again, hardly anyone finished. Beat, beat Fettel, and he yeah. got a penalty as well, didn't he? Didn't he get a five-second penalty for cutting into the pit lane? Didn't he out-qualify Vettel as well? Probably. Oh, I think everybody out-qualified. Oh, um, but yeah, um, Raikkonen dived into the pit lane super late and got really angry on the radio at some point. Did you Did you hear that after he was told he got the penalty? Yes. They said, yes. Uh, "You've got a five-second penalty." What for? Uh, yeah, it's a five-second penalty. I think if I was his engineer, I'd be like, look, it was our fault. Just <laughs> Shut totally up. our fault. So just get on with it. We'll talk about it later. Hey, yes. Hey! 
Wow. Roman Grosjean got super annoyed on the radio with all those dangerous drivers that caused the crash. It is a bit like Oliver Reed telling you that you've had one too many, isn't it? Oliver Reed. Ask your parents. Okay, well, look, it was either that or I'm at Partland, so <laughs> I didn't know which lovable drunk we were going to go with. <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen? Haas have just... I think they've given up, haven't they? I mean, they're probably going to ditch both of their drivers next year, do we reckon? What do you reckon? Perez well, or Hulkenberg? It's a shame for Magnussen, because he's all right, but he's not Sean, and Grosjean... Was it this year or last year? They went, we're going to keep him in the car because he was very good, good at, last year at was, telling us why the car was shit. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe he still is and they're just ignoring him. Well, maybe it's like they go, yeah, we know. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> just get out of there. You can't tell him how to fix it. <laughs> Williams! Russell bemoaned that the last red flag cost him a point. But let's be honest, he wouldn't have been near the points if the first red flag hadn't happened. So it all comes out in the wash, doesn't it? Poor old Pretty George. much. If Afterfield hadn't been wiped out, he'd have been 16th, so... New owners? I didn't actually see the new owners. Who's, who's team principal now? Did they show them? Yeah, some bloke. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I've either fell asleep or completely missed it, but... Um, There's yeah. an acting kind of... Who's the guy in charge over the weekend? So there's an acting, not team principal, but like... Administrator. Um, yeah, something or other. But yeah, the new people were there saying hello to everyone. It is nice? quite weird. I... I hadn't really realised how weird it is just to kind of buy the team, fire the owners, and then go to the next race and just be like, yep, you're ours now. (laughs) (laughs) Did they all give themselves the surname Williams? Yeah, well, unfortunately, the royal guy got in a wheelchair and went, I'm Frank Williams, and it just didn't go down well. (laughs) (laughs) They sort of like the Ramones. (laughs) (laughs) time for the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so I have decided this week that the driver standings will be famous political slogans. This is going to go well. Yeah. In number one, Lewis Hamilton with Arrest the Cops Who Killed Breonna Taylor, which I think we all agree with. In second place, Strong and Stable, it's Valtteri Bottas (laughs) with the letters falling off behind him. In third place, lips that touch liquor must never touch mine. That's Max Verstappen with a anti. Uh, what's the prohibition? That's it. Prohibition thing. Pro prohibition. A chicken. Pro prohibition. A chicken for every pot. That's Lando Norris. That was some. It was on Wikipedia. Yes, we can. Says Alexander Albon. Eat the rich. Says Lance Stroll. Mmm. Mm, my knee is very tasty. I like Ike. Says Daniel Ricciardo, who <laughs> big fan of Ike and Tina Turner. Um, strong leadership, a clear economic plan, and a brighter, more secure future, says Charlotte Clerk. Which, by the way, was the Tory Party's 2015 slogan. <laughs> That's catchy. The, I mean, it worked. Yeah, I mean, it worked. <laughs> uh, talking about things that work, change that works for you is Sergio Perez. I mean, ooh, I don't know, mate. Liberté, égalité, fraternité is Pierre Gasly. <laughs> don't swap horses in the middle of the stream is Carlos Sainz. That's, <laughs> do you know who said that? Who? Abraham Lincoln. Did he? Really? Although, when I just said it, it was a bit more like Michael Caine. Don't swap horses <laughs> in the middle of the stream. Was this after he'd been shot in the head? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I just saw the quote. You can look it up yourself. Okay. I haven't got time. Uh, Liberty, equality, fraternity is Espan Ocon, and he's moaning, why didn't he get the French one? Well, you should have been Ira in the championship, mate. <laughs> remember, remember the 5th of November. That's Sebastian Vettel when his contract ends. Uh, proletariat of the world, Unite. <laughs> that's just a Russian thing for Kavir I'm probably just being racist <laughs> new labour new danger who'd have thought Nico Hulkenberg was a Tory um, the lady's not for turning says Kimi Raikkonen as he spins around on the track and for the many not the few is Antonio Giovinazzi as he causes a pile up for the many <laughs> not the few now in slightly more desperate turns for the constructor standings didn't some of the track corners sound a bit like pasta <laughs> Arabiata. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So that's the source, isn't it? Arabiata. Oh, whatever. Well, anyway, so I went on Wikipedia, and did you know there is a lot of pastas? <laughs> Different shapes of pastas. So here are some of the teams if they were pasta. So in first place is Ziti, which is long, narrow, hose-like tubes, which is Mercedes. Um, Bucanatini is thick spaghetti-like pasta with a hole running through the centre, and that hole is Honda. That's Red Bull. Um, radiatory, I'm not making this up, is pasta that's shaped like radiators. That's McLaren. 
Um, and summer's pasta, shaped like penises. That's racing point. <laughs> Stringozy, which is similar to shoelaces. Renault, shoey. Hmm. Thinking about it. Um, Filigere, which is an elongate an elongated screw. That's Ferrari, oh, yeah. which this year has been an elongated screw up. Uh, Percatile, oh, Persiatelli, which is virtually identical to Ducatini, which is Alfa Tauri. See, made a joke about Red Bull. Nice. Campanelli, which is flattened bell-shaped pasta, Alfa Romeo. And Maltagliati is irregular shapes of flat pasta formed from the scraps of pasta production. That's Haas. <laughs> And Su Falindu is extremely rare pasta made of 256 equal strands of thinly pulled and folded dough and laid in the sun to dry, which is about as rare as a Williams point. Wow. <laughs> Very good. I'm quite hungry for pasta now. Thanks. And now it's time for the man of the match of driving. Lewis Gasly. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Formula One is boring. I know we've had two exciting races, but honestly, take out the exciting bits and you're left with long stretches of not much happening. But this week at last, we've had stuff happening and it was all caused by the data engineer's worst enemy, random carnage. (laughs) It was genuinely exciting seeing all the cars stop and line up on the grid again for another start because let's face it, the bit at the start of the race is normally the most fun. So the more of them we have, the better. But as ever, in Formula 1, you can't control carnage and enforce it. That's why even though we know sprinklers are actually a good idea, they're actually a bit of a shit idea. But don't worry, I have a solution. Enforced carnage! I know, I said it wouldn't happen, but it should. We've got the safety car. Well, what about the dangerous car? Nice. Some bloke whose wife has just left him, he's had a few drinks, comes careening out the pits in tears mid-race, going, Sandra, take me back, I'll change. Or that priest that protested the British Grand Prix years ago. I know it was dangerous and rightfully condemned, but it's enough liven up the end of a dull race. Or can we have a driver just out of contract coming around with something to prove? But oh no, his car is on fire. He's got sharp sticks sticking out the wheel. Or just random pyrotechnics throughout the track. You know, um, what is it when they have all the pyrotechnics going off? You know, and is it Singapore or Abu Dhabi when all the fireworks go off at the end yeah, of the race? Yeah, both of those, I think, yeah. Yeah, have it during the race. Give him a fucking scare. <laughs> but seriously, a serious thing, I think when they do a red flag... That should be the end of a race and they should award points and the next restart is a new race with new points. Nice. So that would have been a three race Three day. races that Lewis Hamilton extended his lead three times. Wow. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, I, I see the, the floor in that plan. <laughs> <laughs> Extending his lead by 75 points. Yeah, well, apart from that last one, brilliant idea. Yeah. I love the idea of the danger car. Yeah. Not sure who just like, sponsor it. I don't know if Mercedes will want to supply a car for that one. You know that wheel of death thing with the motorbikes spinning around? Yeah. Like one of those motorbike riders just coming out on a bike and just like <laughs> zipping through all the cars. So that was the State of F1 brought to you this season by Carfection. And Terry, where is our video? Well, you'll be pleased to know that last week I got up at 5.30 one morning to do some filming for the next batch of Carfection videos. And I was in Hampstead Heath with a lot of condoms. Well, okay. just say wherever we film, there's a lot of condoms on the floor, <laughs> which means that it's good you're safe, but pick up your litter. Okay, film. well, that's really selling it. <laughs> oh, I thought you brought them. No, no, they were just there. Oh, I see. Okay. I took some with me because, you know, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, we've got some great subjects like. Um, I fix Formula 2. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I fix all of the lower formulae in a way that, if I'm honest, I think is actually a good idea. Okay. I'll give you a hint. Team relegation. Oh. Okay. And then we just some other stuff I can't remember. But anyway, so yeah, they'll be coming out soon. I don't know when. Maybe for the Russian Grand Prix there'll be a new video out. And um, I expect the internet to hate me. So great. I'm looking forward to it. 
So you can find the state of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online. That is youtube.com forward slash carfection now. That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about Sebastian Vettel trying to buy a Ferrari, specifically one of Michael Schumacher's former F1 cars. You know, we uh, said last week or a couple of weeks ago that he bought one of Nigel Mansell's uh, FW14B Williams. Uh, apparently tried to buy Schumacher a Ferrari, but they were too expensive, so he got the uh, got the Williams instead. Wow. Which seems weird, actually, as I'd rather have the Williams. It just seems weird that he's buying up all these cars. Well, he's got loads what of does money he know? and likes cars. What does he know? Is the, is the second-hand Formula 1 car market about to crash? <laughs> and to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about Lewis Hamilton starting a team in Ooh. Formula E XXX or something. Oh, what's it called? Formula, Formula E XXX. That's very different. Uh, Extreme E, I think it's called. Extreme E. Extreme oh, that's E. Great name for a sport. <laughs> Extreme E. Um, yeah, so... Um, Good it's like him. off-road Formula E rally kind of rally cross things. They basically go to the Sounds rainforest and wang around there, I think. Great. So he's going on about the environment and then he's going to put some cars around the road. Oh, I suppose they're electronic cars. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, sounds tedious. So we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the Russian Grand Prix in Russia. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? They can go to our fucking website, FF1S. That stands for fuck, fuck, one, shit, dot com. <laughs> shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I'm G. Graz. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Don't know why I'm waving. We're on video. Sports Social Podcast Network.